Amen, indeed. Thank you, Christian and Mika, for that beautiful song. We indeed want to say, great is God's faithfulness to us. And we are so grateful for you joining us today. Welcome to each one of you, and especially to the men who are watching today. Happy Father's Day, as was echoed by many people. We wish God's blessings upon you. And even if you're not a father, then we thank you for the wonderful role model that you have been to so many. And so I also want to say Happy Father's Day to my own father, Dennis Autar, and thank you for being a wonderful father to me. Well, on this day, I want to talk to you about lessons on being a godly man. Now, you're probably wondering, Anthony, what lessons could I teach you, right, on being a godly man? And the answer is none. I can't teach you any, but the Bible certainly can. And so that is what we're going to be looking at today. And so even though these are, the title is Lessons on Being a Godly Man, and I talk about godly men, these are all lessons that can be applied to being a godly woman as well. All right, so let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and for this time that we can worship together. And Lord, indeed, we pray for your blessings upon us, and we pray for your blessings upon especially each man that is watching today. May you continue to help each one to strive to be the man that you have called him and desire him to be. And so we just commit this time and this message into your hands. Open up our hearts and our minds to hear from you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we all want to, or we should all strive to be the best versions of ourselves, right? We should continually try to improve and to become better and better day by day. And the same is true in trying to be a godly person. We want to not only be our best for us here on earth, but we want to make sure that we're our best for God as well. And so these are just some lessons. There are obviously so many more, but some lessons that we can learn. Godly men, number one, look to the Lord for wisdom and understanding. Godly men look to the Lord for wisdom and for understanding. Now, a lot of men, not all, but a lot of men know a lot, right? They know a lot, and so it may be difficult for some to do this, especially when it comes to things that they already know, right? Asking for help, you know, wanting um, help with directions or fixing things or building things. But knowledge and wisdom are different. And it's important for us, we can know a lot of things, but it's important for us to seek the Lord and to look to Him for wisdom and for understanding. The truth is that no matter who we are, there is always more that we can learn. And we need to look to the Lord and depend upon Him. Because our minds are just too small to comprehend the things that God can. And so we need to ask Him to help us. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6 tells us, For the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. May you truly ask the Lord to give you wisdom. Ask the Lord to help you. Ask him to give you wisdom when you need to make a big decision in your life. 
Ask him to give you wisdom when you have to deal with difficult people or difficult circumstances. Ask him to give you wisdom when it comes to the person that you should date or marry. Ask him to give you wisdom on the particular timing of something that you want to happen in your life. Don't rely on your own wisdom and your own understanding because we are limited. But look to the Lord to give you that wisdom and ask him to help you in every area of your life. Two women entered a bus. And unfortunately, there was only one seat left. Throughout the ride, there was a lot of arguing and bickering and complaining about who should receive the seat. The bus driver knew that he needed to do something about this. And so, thinking of what he could do to do, uh, give one of them the seat, he shouts out from the front, let the ugly one have it. <laughs> Well, for the rest of the bus ride, both women stood without any arguing or complaining. You see, there are sometimes things in our life that happen and we need to ask God to give us the wisdom to deal with it. Give us the wisdom in how we should respond and what we should do. The way that we understand things are often based on logic and reason, which is good. But there's some things that happen that we know are impossible, and the only explanation is God. You see, with God, all things are possible. There are no limits to what God is able to do and what he is able to make happen when he is present. And so to us, things may not make sense. Like, it doesn't make sense that the Red Sea could part in half so that people could walk through on dry ground. Yet it happened. It doesn't make sense that a man could be thrown into a den of lions and survive the whole night without being harmed at all. It doesn't make sense that a group of people could walk around fortified city walls and those walls just collapse. It doesn't make sense that a man could be swallowed whole by a fish and survive a few days. It doesn't make sense that you would be able to feed over 5,000 people with just a few loaves of bread and two fish. It doesn't make sense that a man would be able to walk on water Yet it happened. It doesn't make sense that a man would be able to die for three days and yet be able to still live and be called forth. You see, things don't always make sense when we think about it from our human perspective, when we look at things from logic and reason, because God doesn't work the same way we work. He doesn't operate in the same way that we operate. But with God, it makes sense. And he tells us to trust him. Even when it doesn't make sense to us to trust him, because he knows. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 tell us, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, in everything that you do, in every decision that you make, in every area of your life, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Some things in life may not make sense to us, 
but it's not our job to always understand. It's not our job to always make sense of everything that happens, but it is our responsibility to trust God and to know that in spite of all that happens, in spite of what's going on in our life, He will direct our paths. Godly men look to the Lord for wisdom and understanding. Amen? Amen. They also look to the Lord, number two, Godly men admit when they're wrong and repent when they sin. They, they admit when they're wrong and they repent when they sin. Well, whether you're a man or a woman, we all know that it is not always easy to admit when we're wrong. It's not always easy for us to admit that we've made a mistake, that we've messed up, that we've done something wrong. In fact, there is a tendency most, for most of us to want to blame someone else for our mistakes, right? She made me do it. He told me to say that. You know, they told me what to do. There's a tendency for us to want to blame other people. And we see that right at the beginning with Adam and Eve in the story in the garden. But it's important for us to admit when we're wrong to confess and to repent when we sin. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13 tell us, people who conceal their sins will not prosper, but if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. You see, the way to receive that mercy is by confessing what has been done. We cannot receive healing. We cannot receive forgiveness. We cannot receive any of that without first admitting and confessing that we have done those things. When we make mistakes and we do wrong, it's important for us to want to make it right. Maybe today there's something that you need to make right. Maybe for you today, there's someone that you need to admit something to, whether you were the one who did it or you were the one who didn't do it. You were the one that broke that or you were the one who said that first. Whatever it may be, maybe today is the day that you need to strive to make things right with your wife or your daughter, with your mother or your brother or sister, with your coworker or your neighbor, with your boss, friend, professor or relative, maybe you need to take that first step to say, I am going to admit that I was wrong. I'm going to ask for forgiveness and I'm going to make things right. God wants us to not only confess to him, but he wants us to make things right with others as well. Be the bigger person. It may not always be easy, but it is important for us to admit when we have done wrong, when we have messed up and made a mistake in order to reconcile and to be forgiven. Bruce received a text message one evening from his neighbor. The text message said, Bruce, I'm really sorry, but there's something that I need to admit to you and to apologize for. Well, Bruce was wondering what it was. In another text message that followed, it said, Bruce, I have been using your wife. I've been using your wife day and night, night and day, sometimes when you're home, sometimes when you're not. And I'm really sorry. I've decided I'm going to stop 
and I hope that you can forgive me and we can move past this. Well, Bruce, in shock and in disbelief, went straight to his wife to confront her about this. After talking with his wife, she was shocked as well and said there must be some sort of mistake here. A few moments later, another text message from his neighbor came in and said, Bruce, I'm sorry again. I made a spelling mistake. It's not wife, W-I-F-E. I meant to say, I'm sorry for using your Wi-Fi, W-I-F-I. <laughs> you see, sometimes things can happen because of a misunderstanding, because of a mistake that we've made. And it's important not to just let it go and to brush it under the table and hope that someone will forget, but it's important for us, if we can, to make it right, to apologize and to help bring that healing. In the same way, it's important for us to go to God, to, to confess and to admit what we have done, to confess our sins and know that he is willing and able to forgive us. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 tells us, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Isn't it amazing to know that God Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth and all that there is, loves us so much that he knows every time we mess up, that he knows our thoughts when no one else knows, that he knows what we're going to say even before we say it. He sees the depths of our heart. He sees the things that we don't want anyone else to see and anyone else to know, yet he loves us. And all he asks is that we come before him and ask to truly be forgiven, to repent of our sins and know that he is willing to forgive us. And so no matter what you've done, no matter what you've said, no matter where you've been, know that God is willing and he is able to forgive you of all your sins. Just come to him. He loves you and he desires a relationship with you. Godly men also, number three, go out of their way to help others, even when there's nothing in it for them. Godly men go out of their way to help others, even when there's nothing in it for them. Helping others is something that most of us probably try to do. But what about helping others without getting anything in return for it? What about helping others without any recognition or reward? Without getting thanked for it or a favor in return? What about helping someone without getting a tax receipt or a financial benefit from it? Without getting anything in return? Hebrews chapter 13, verse 16 says, And do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. You see, when we help others, God wants us to do it out of the goodness of our own hearts, not because we will get something for it, but truly because we want to do it, truly because we want to help, not because it will make us look good or make us get something or give us a pat on the back for it, but he wants to do it because we're being genuine and we want to help. There's a story in Luke chapter 10, 
You can read if you haven't read it before, and it's about the Good Samaritan. And it's just a beautiful story of what it truly means to help someone without expecting anything in return, with someone going out of their way for a complete stranger. You see, when we love like that and we show compassion, we're not just doing it because we want, we want to you know, be good people, but we're doing it because that is what God wants for us. That is what God desires for us to do. That is what God himself would do for us. And so may you truly be a person who strives to care, to help, to go out of their way for other people, even when there's nothing in it for you, even when there's nothing in it for you. May you also be a person who looks beyond the color of a person's skin, their religion and status, and may you see people as God would see them. May you truly see them through the eyes of Christ, even when they're not like you, even when you don't know them, even when you may not even like them. May you choose to show them the love and compassion that Jesus would show us. I want to say thank you for being men who are generous and giving. Thank you to so many of you who generously give in so many different ways, who go out of your way to help others even when there's nothing in it for you. Thank you for helping to offer a ride to someone, to their surgery or their appointment. Thank you for helping to build, fix, or repair something for someone who doesn't know how to do it themselves. Thank you for donating money to that charity or organization. Thank you for mentoring that teenager who doesn't have a father figure present. Thank you for volunteering to coach that sports team. Thank you for stopping to help change that person's tire on the side of the road. Thank you for all that you do to people who may never see you again and don't know you, but thank you for the many things that you do and know that God sees it and he will richly reward you for it. Philippians chapter, Philippians chapter 2 verse 4 says, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. May we desire to be people who help others, not expecting anything in return for it. Please watch this video. เขาจะได้อะไรถ้าเขาทำแบบนี้ทุกวัน
าจะไม่ได้อะไรเลยไม่ได้รวยขึ้นไม่ได้ออกทีวีไม่มีใครรู้จักไม่ได้มีชื่อเสียงที่มากขึ้นสิ่งที่เขาได้คือได้แค่ความรู้สึกได้เห็นความสุขได้เข้าใจได้ความรักได้ในสิ่งที่เงินซื้อไม่ได้ได้โลกที่สวยงามกว่าเดิมในชีวิตคุณอะไรคือสิ่งที่คุณต้องการมากที่สุดขอบคุณ Godly men also number four. Honor God with their bodies and practice self-control. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 tells us, "I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship." Often, when we talk about honoring God with our bodies and practicing self-control, we can easily think that this only applies to sexual things, right? Sexual sins like not having sexual relations before marriage, or being faithful to your wife, or not having several partners, which is all true. However, that's not the only way that we practice self-control and honor God with our bodies. Honoring God with our bodies means being careful what we do to our bodies and what we put inside of our bodies as well. Honoring God means staying away from alcohol, staying away from smoking, staying away from non-prescription drugs, watching what we eat, and not only eating unhealthy foods. It means being careful not to inflict self-harm or pain on our bodies. It means not intentionally altering our body in a way that God never created us to be. We can honor God with our bodies in many ways, and may we truly strive to be, and may you, as godly men, strive to honor God with your body. May we also practice self-control, and that may not always be easy, but it is important. And it's important for you to ask God to help you, help you to practice self-control, self-control so we don't overindulge in food simply because it's there and not because we're hungry. Practice self-control so that we don't give in to a particular sin that's a weakness for us. 
Ask God to help you with self-control so that you don't say something that you cannot take back or you don't get upset too easily with people who may frustrate you or annoy you. Ask God to help you with self-control so you don't easily give up on something. Ask God to help you with self-control so that you don't spend all your time on TV or social media or video games and not enough time on studies and chores. May you ask God to help you with self-control, to control your anger so that you do not do something that you're going to regret. In a class, a teacher asked her students, what's something that you did that was good today? Well, the first student shot up her hand and she said, I gave money to a homeless man. Very good. How about the other student? Well, the second student raised his hand and he said, I helped my mom with chores. That's wonderful. Well, the third student said, well, I helped an old lady cross the street. Well, the teacher thought, this is going great. So with high hope, she asked the fourth student, what was something good that you did today? The fourth student said, I prevented a murder. Amazed and shocked, the teacher said, well, can you explain how? He said, I had self-control. <laughs> Titus chapter 2, verse 6 says, Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. May you indeed strive to have self-control in everything that you do. Godly men also, number five, work hard and make sacrifices for their family. They work hard and they make sacrifices for their family. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 10 tells us, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Thank you men for working hard, for stepping up and taking care of your family. Whether you're a father or stepfather, whether you had to help raise and take care of your younger siblings, whether you had to have multiple jobs in order to meet ends meet, whether you had to work and put yourself through school, whether you're grown and you have to help take care of your elderly parents, whether you had very late nights and early mornings, thank you for your hard work and the many sacrifices that you make. I know that most of you work extremely hard. You, make, you work extremely hard and you make many, many sacrifices for your children and for your family. And they may not always say thank you, but thank you for it. And know that I, I believe they truly appreciate all that you do and all that you've done. May the Lord continue to give you the health and strength to help you as you continue to work hard and sacrifice to provide for your family. Now I said, I believe most of you work hard and you make sacrifices for your family. And that is the case for most of you. But unfortunately, I know that there are very few thankfully, who may not work as hard as they should and sacrifice as much as they probably should. Now, what does that mean? 
it means that for the very few of you who may be watching right now, you can, if you can't honestly say that you always strive to work hard and to make sacrifices to make sure that your family, those who you are responsible for and have a responsibility to, you provide for, then it's time to wake up and to step up. You have the opportunity to start helping to contribute, to help help to contribute to your family and to the, the bills and the, the different responsibilities that are needed. May you truly find the, the effort to give to your parents, those who you may still live with your parents, may you provide in terms of paying some sort of partial bills or something. Don't just expect to live for free, especially if you are working and you have a job, then you need to contribute to the household. If you are expecting your wife to just work while you sit at home on the couch without having a job, it's time to start looking for a job and not expecting her to do everything. Maybe that's time for you to start helping with chores around the house if that's something that you need to do. Whatever it is, it's time for you to step up. There are some of you who need to start taking responsibility, especially if you have a child. You have a responsibility to that child, whether financially being there, supporting that child, helping to raise that child, whatever it is, make sure that your priorities are in order and you start pulling your weight. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 9 sorry, 10 verse 4 says, lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. In fact, taking care of your family isn't just a suggestion, it's actually something that God expects of us to do. It doesn't mean only financially, but physically, emotionally, and spiritually as well. We are to help take care of our family. Men, you are to help take care of your family. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8 says, Anyone who does not provide for their relatives, and especially for their own household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. It is important that no matter how big or small your family may be, that you be and you strive to be a godly man who works hard and makes sacrifices to provide for his family. Amen? Amen. Well, point number six, godly men also seek to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. They seek to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5 verse 18 says, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God's Spirit living inside of each one of us. The Holy Spirit is there to help us, to fill us, to empower us. And the evidence of the Holy Spirit in our lives are the fruit that we produce. It is the fruit of the Spirit, and those are talked about in Galatians 5. It is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Galatians 5 25 says, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. May you be a man who strives to produce these fruit and continually be filled with the Holy Spirit. We're almost to the end. Number seven, godly men stand up and speak up for what is right. 
James chapter 4, verse 17 says, Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. There will be times in your life where you need to be the one to stand up and to speak up for something that is happening that may not be right. And many times doing the right thing means doing the difficult thing. It may not be easy, especially when you're the one who's standing or speaking up on their own when there's nobody else that's saying anything with you. And there are even maybe times where you may be punished for doing the right thing or for speaking out against something that is wrong. Stay encouraged because, as 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 14 reminds us, but even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So don't be afraid of their threats. Continue to do what is right. When you see something that isn't right, instead of having the attitude of, that's not my problem, or it's none of my business, or, well, it's not happening to me, stand up, speak up for what is right, especially for those who may not be able to do it for themselves. Maybe that means speaking up for a coworker who is being mistreated at work. Maybe that's speaking up or standing up for a woman who's being physically abused in public. Maybe that's speaking up for a child who's being neglected or bullied at school or on the internet. Maybe that is speaking up for a cashier who's being verbally abused at the store. Whatever it may be, there are times where it is our responsibility, especially when we're able to, stand up and speak up for what is right. Proverbs chapter 31, verses 8 and 9 says, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being. Ensure justice. Godly men also, number eight, and this is the last point. Godly men make God a priority over everything else. They make God a priority over everything else. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5, it tells us to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And what that literally means is love God with all that you are and everything that you are. Love him with all that you are. Are we loving God with everything that we are? Do we love God more than anything else in this world? More than our spouse or our tools or sports or our jobs or our money or our cars? Do we love God with every ounce of our being? He desires to be our priority and to be put first in our life. May you strive to put God first. And by putting him first and making him a priority, that means having a regular prayer life. It means memorizing scripture. It means making time to read and study the Bible. It means spending time in worship, whether in person or online like you're doing right now. It means fellowshipping with other believers when it's safe to do so and reaching out and still connecting with the, the fellow believers. It means teaching your children about God's word, and it means giving generously to the church and to missions. It's important for us, it's important for you to make God a priority. 
Because not only is he a priority in your own life, but by making him a priority, it sets the example to all those who are watching, your children and grandchildren, your nieces and your nephews, your neighbors and your friends, to all who watch to see that God is your number one priority. May he truly be priority over everything else in your life. A godly man is by no means a perfect man, but a godly man embraces who he is and knows that Jesus, not the world, has set the standard for what it means to be a real man. May you strive to model after Jesus, recognizing your sins and weaknesses, but giving it all over to God and asking him to make you into the man that he desires you to be. Regardless of who you are, regardless of where you've been and what country you've come from, what language you speak, know that God loves you with an everlasting love. And for some of you, you have grown up without a father. Your father hasn't been present or you've had a very negative experience with your father. For others of you, unfortunately, you've experienced the heartbreak of losing your father, whether that is recent or many years ago. Whatever the situation may be, may you know that God is ultimately the perfect father. He is one who loves you and who desires a relationship with you. May we have a relationship with him. And he makes it clear that it is easy to do so. The Bible tells us that if we openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. May you strive to be a godly man that God desires for you. Godly men look to the Lord for wisdom and understanding. They admit when they're wrong and repent when they sin. They go out of their way to help others even when there's nothing in it for them. They honor God with their bodies and practice self-control. They work hard and make sacrifices for their family. They seek to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. They stand up and speak up for what is right, and they make God a priority over everything else. May you truly strive to be the godly man that God desires you to be, knowing how much he loves you, he cares for you, and he wants a relationship with you. May God truly bless each one of you, especially you men, on this Father's Day. And this message is dedicated in loving memory of my father-in-law, Patrick O'Shea. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, indeed we thank you for who you are. We thank you that, Lord, you are the perfect father. That you are ultimately the one that we can look to and depend on and know that you are always there. Lord, whatever it may be that people may be experiencing right now, whether emotions because they have lost their father recently or many years ago, whether they grew up without a father figure present or had a very negative relationship with their father, we thank you that, God, you stand with arms open, that you know us better than we know ourselves, that you love us with an everlasting love, and we thank you that you see who we are, you see all that we are, we, you see all that we've done, yet you love us the same. And God, may we truly run to you and know that you know our name. 
You know every single detail about us for you created us. And we thank you for who you are. So may you help us and may you help, especially men today, strive to be the godly men that you have desired and created them to be. May we look to you and may you help. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen.